Hello and welcome to a new episode of Thinking Out Loud. My name is Riyaz Safi. Please show some love by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode when it's posted. Hey, good afternoon. I trust you guys are having a great uh, Sunday afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us with uh, Josie's BBF uh, 2021, Josie's Book and Blog Festival. Uh, my name is Riyaz. And uh, just to remind you that uh, this session is being recorded. We hope you don't mind. Uh, the, my name is Riaz, like I said, Riaz Safi, and I'm the host of a podcast called Thinking Out Loud. Uh, Zahira was kind enough to call the session as well, Thinking Out Loud. Uh, and we have a special guest all the way in the US. Um, and I'm going to introduce her briefly, like to tell you who she is. And then I'm going to give her an opportunity to talk about herself and, and, and give her own introduction. Uh, so all the way in the US, I'm told the time's about 9.25 a.m. Uh, we say a very, very, very warm welcome to Goshen Mia. Hi, thank you for having me. Certainly, it's a pleasure having you. So, Gulshan, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, I'm Gulshan Mia. I grew up in Escort in KwaZulu-Natal. No one knew where Escort was until I think just a few weeks ago, and now it's an infamous place. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, it's close to the mountains. It's close to the Drakensberg. It was a small town. Um, if anyone asks you about me or if anyone tells you anything about me, they'll say she loved doing speeches and debates. She was on in every play that ever happened. I, I think I was one of those people that just loved um, anything that had to do with public speaking, that had to do with performing and entertaining and making people happy. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's no surprise now that I have ended up being an actor in New York City. Um, yeah. I've been blessed to have a very supportive husband. My family is all back home. They're very supportive of my career. And I've been lucky enough to travel around quite a bit as well. Um, I've lived in Brazil, in Dubai, in Taiwan. Um, so I'm really grateful for all of that. And I've been very blessed to be able to have all of these opportunities to open up so many doors. Okay, so let's start off. A, a girl from Ascord traveling all the way to the US, becoming an actress. I would like to pick up on the fact that you spoke about uh, that you loved public speaking. Most people know you for saying speeches, etc. Now, public speaking is something that a lot of people fear doing. How and when did it, is an incident that happened and you just got into it or is it something that you learned over the years? I think it's something that I learned over the years, but I also have two older siblings who were always doing speech contests and debating and things like that. And so I saw them doing it. And of course, I wanted to be like them. Um, so it was something that I got into, I, th I think, with a lot of practice. Like I wasn't good at it. And I think that's something that people... Um, assume oh you're just very good at public speaking when I was a much younger I wasn't good at it but I would take my speech and I would memorize it and I would until I knew it backwards and forwards and I would feel comfortable enough to be able to stand up in front of someone and do the speech so I think it was something that I had to learn um, and now it's a little bit second nature I think 
I, I must be honest with you. I, I was someone that really feared public speaking. Um, and it was my teacher back then, Mr. Judge Pai. Uh, one day just told me, you know what, you can do this. I believe in you. Just go up and do it. And, and, and that was just uh, turning, uh, it just turned around for me where I just like became used to doing this. And uh, was there a moment for you where you really uh, felt uncomfortable and you had to work around it? So something that didn't really work the way you'd like it to work. And then you said, okay, perhaps I should do this. And, and, and you've kind of got yourself into that. Um, when I was in standard three, I think it's grade five now, grade six. Um, I had I played a devil in a play, um, <laughs> and I had a soliloquy. I had this monologue that I had to do in front of the curtain all by myself, and that was my first time doing something in a play all by myself. Look out, and you see this audience, and my palms got sweaty, and I had this like like my choke, my throat started to close up. I felt like I was choking. And I, I stopped looking at the people. Like I tried to remember my lines and I looked out beyond their heads. And I think that's something important to remember. You don't have to look at the audience when you're speaking. Look above their heads, look further away, find a spot that you can concentrate on at the back. And I don't know, I was maybe 10 years old, but I found that thing that maybe just helped me calm down and remember my lines, remember what I was doing, stopped looking at the people and their faces took a breath and just carried on. I don't think it was my greatest performance, but I, I remember that moment as just like, you can do this, trust in yourself. Just don't look at the people, you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I must uh, put in a point there with regards to looking at the people. Um, I have this habit of just bursting out laughing when I, you know, sometimes if a person catches you and they're looking at you or something funny. So I have to always remind myself when I'm doing public speaking that I, I need to be aware of that because I just have this really bad habit of bursting out laughing. And, and I think it's, it's something I personally need to work on. So, okay. So you started off uh, doing speeches. Um, you obviously then did some drama as well. Tell us, how did you get involved uh, with drama here in the South African context and how did it first begin? You spoke about obviously playing the devil. How did the journey begin from there for you? Um, I think I always knew that I wanted to act. And then when um, I finished high school, I was actually a Rotary Exchange student for a year to Brazil. And I came back and I started working retail. I was working at Truett's. And all my friends had already moved on. They were at college and university and they were studying law and medicine and all sorts of things. And I knew I didn't want to do that. But I also knew that I needed to, I think, take some time to know for sure, if that makes sense. I needed the time that I was working to be able to save up for one, but also to be sure that that is the career and the industry I wanted to get into. And I finally applied both to Natal University and to Natal Tech. And um, my acceptance letter came from Natal Tech first. And so I registered. And on the day that I registered at Natal Tech to study performance studies, I got my letter at Natal University. And I was like, well, it was meant to be. I'm going this way. And um, I did the three-year national diploma in performance studies at Natal Tech, and I absolutely loved it. I think um, 
that was definitely a stepping stone for me. We did so much acting work. We were always on stage. And then we were doing stage management, um, stage makeup. We learned so much of the behind the scenes. And um, my lecturer there, Debbie Lutke, she has been a champion for so many actors and so many artists in South Africa. And still today on Facebook, if I post something about a show that I'm in, she's like, go, Gulshan, you're making us proud. Like, it's always so nice to have that support from home still. Mm-hmm. Um, makes me think, um, if you, would you say it's important for someone or to, who's interested in following this career path to actually make sure they get a formal education around it? Or would you say uh, you can just go up there, try uh, and, and, and be part of a play or be part of a stage act, etc., and, and, and learn? So do you think it's important, what I'm trying to get around is, do you think it's important for people to actually formally study acting? I believe yes. I think you learn so much more. It's not, I have the talent, yes. It's a, a God, you have a God-given talent to write or to be an artist, to be a performer. You have this talent, but to hone in on that talent, to learn the other skills that you need to know, to understand what it's like, not just to be on stage, but also behind the scenes. Um, there's so much more that goes into acting. There's so many other um, facets of it, kn- knowing what lighting is like, what the production is like. We... When you study, you study so much more than just being a performer. And I think that opens you up to understand that it's never just about the performer. It's about the entire team that comes together to make a performance happen. Um, Mm. But also, you learn technical things about acting. You learn technical things about performance that I think, um, I mean, now I still take classes. You never stop learning yeah of course uh, did you ever find yourself in a situation where you actually forgot your lines and then you had to improvise just pick up and and how did you deal with that um the one thing about a script is yes you have to always learn your lines and you have to know them backwards and forwards you have to memorize your script but there are times when Maybe you didn't get enough sleep. Maybe you didn't eat properly before the show. Maybe the, the other person that you're acting with but like messes up their line and you have to improvise. And that is how um, I think taking classes and I think just working with other people helps you like stay on your feet. Because um, I was in a play that, well, it was supposed to be a two-person show and the one person dropped out. So we actually modified it into a one-person play and I had to do both, um, both parts. It's, it's, a long, it's a long story. But um, I basically just had to keep going and you have to remind yourself the audience might not actually know what you're... Like, they're just going along with you. So as long as you don't show how like flustered you are, you try to maintain that composure and just keep going until you maybe hit onto the right line again, you're okay. Just trust in yourself, I think, and that'll take you a long way. Now, moving from South Africa to the US, how did that happen? Tell tell us the story behind that. (laughs) You don't have enough time. (laughs) 
It's um, fine. So, you can, I'm sure you can put I'll, it in a couple of lines. Um, so I got out of college, out of uh, tech, and I started working for an, um, a, a wonderful theater company in Joburg called Arip, which was an educational theater company. And we toured around South Africa doing educational um, shows about teenage pregnancy, um, AIDS awareness, things like that at schools. Um, and when that uh, contract ended, I started going to auditions and I started doing um, the thing that you're supposed to do is like get a headshot, try and get an agent, go to auditions. And this was all in Johannesburg. And it was fresh after apartheid had just ended. This is telling you my age. Um, but um, there were a few Indian actors and actresses that South Africa knew and trusted, and they weren't really open to new faces, so to speak. And so I got really despondent because I wasn't getting any work. And I applied to Emirates to become a flight attendant. I got that. I was a flight attendant for one contract for three years in Dubai. And then I moved to Taiwan to teach English. And that's where I met my husband, who is from Pennsylvania, USA. And we came back here. And we were living in New York. And I was doing all sorts of things. I was teaching. I had three part-time jobs. I was really um, doing the immigrant hustle, so to speak. And he was like, if you don't act here, you're going to regret it. If we ever leave New York City and you don't at least try, you're going to regret it. And for that, I'm really grateful because he pushed me and supported me to get into acting. And now it's been seven or eight years of a semi-successful career in acting and directing here. How easy is it? I mean, uh, like you said, uh, of course, you, you did a whole lot of things. And, and one of the things with the arts is that a lot of people have this idea that you're going to get into it and overnight you're going to become a sensation. And if they don't, they feel heartbroken. And uh, so, so that's the reality of the arts. How do, you, how do you live with the fact that it's a lot of hard work and uh, you really need to grind and, and you will get there eventually? How would you put that together to people listening right now? I think that's a really important um, thing to mention is that it doesn't happen overnight. Yes. Very yes. few people get discovered, like Charlize Theron. <laughs> Very yes. few people get discovered and suddenly make it in Hollywood or make it on Broadway. There is a hustle. You do have to study. You do have to make contacts. You do have to understand how the industry works. It's different in Johannesburg. It's different in New York City. It's different in L.A. Um, and I started off with no network, no connections. I didn't know anything, but I had the Internet and I had Google. <laughs> and I just, I just started researching how, wh what to get into. And I started doing a lot of extra work. You can do backstage work on movie sets and on TV shows. And every time I met someone... I would ask them, what are you doing? How did you get here? What did you, and you talk to people and that's the connection. That's how you network. The curiosity like, factor. The curiosity exactly. factor. Yes, and people are happy to share. People are happy to tell you, well, I went this way. Don't do that. That didn't work. Try this. And eventually you, you get on the right websites. You get your headshot to the right agents. You, you start to make the right connections and you start to make like network 
in a way that gets you more and more work. Um, but that's taken me a long time. And I think that's a very important thing to remember is I got despondent in Johannesburg because I had been doing it for six months and I didn't get any work and I, I kind of <laughs> left. Yeah. And yeah. then I came back to it now with the mindset that I'm going to keep at it because this is what I want to do. This is my calling. This is my purpose. This is, I can't do anything else. And so I had to come back to it and I just had to keep at it. And I think the important thing to also remember is to be kind to yourself through the whole process because there's a lot of rejection. Now, now you did mention that your family and your husband supports you a lot. Uh, coming from an Indian family in South Africa is not the easiest when you tell them, you know what, you're not wanting to be a doctor, you're not wanting to be a lawyer, you want to be an actor or <laughs> go into the arts. Uh, how was, uh, did you have any hurdles that you had to cross up that path or was it all smooth sailing for you? No, um, that's why I... When I came back from Brazil and I had that gap year, I started working because I wanted to be able to um, save up and pay for my education that I wanted. I didn't want to go into law. Um, I didn't want to go into medicine. This is what I wanted to do. And I had to not fight for it, but I had to convince my family that this was what I wanted. And even then, I think I grappled with, I'm Muslim. And I'm Indian and I'm a female. I had to grapple with all of these things that how can I be Muslim and an actor? Like it's either or. And for a long time, I just, I was like, okay, I'm an actor. No, no, I can't do this because I'm Muslim and it's not a lot. But I had to realize that I can use the platform that I have as an actor, that it's not either or it is I am an actor and I'm a Muslim woman and I can be all of these things and I can use this platform and I can perform f as a Muslim woman like I do a lot of shows where I play a Muslim woman I've um, toured to South Africa with the show Unveiled uh, a few years ago and the difference is like this is what representation is is I never grew up seeing Muslim women on stage or on TV. Or, and so I didn't think I could do that. And so I grappled with it for so long. And I hope now that young Indian girls, young Muslim girls, they see Muslim women doing these things and they're like, I, I can do that. That's what representation is. So seeing yourself in the other people that are doing it and understanding that you too can do it. Um... You made an interesting point that made me think about the fact theatre is an important aspect of life, I believe. Um, you can use it to uh, discuss social issues, like you say, you have spoken about Muslim women uh, and society at large, political issues. I mean, in South African context, we should all understand uh, back in the days of apartheid, it was used as a voice. Mm -hmm. uh, so theatre plays a very important part in all societies uh, around the world. What's your take on that? And, and, and how do you think we should enhance that and do a lot more of that? Absolutely. Um, I think everyone who has gone through this pandemic for the past 18 months, the arts have gotten you through it. You have been at home listening to music. You have been reading books. You have been watching movies. You have been watching TV. All of that 
was uh, it comes from the artists and the creators and the creatives and not enough money and not enough funding goes into that um and so i think you we focus so so much on mathematics and science which are important in education from a young age yes but arts are just as important and they help children with confidence like public speaking it helps children with confidence it helps them with interaction with like just being able to communicate easily um and there's there's here in the US and i know in south africa there's just not enough funding that goes towards the arts and artists and the fact that like we keep nations going <laughs> during pandemics yes of course i mean and one of the reasons i started my podcast as well was because of the pandemic uh, i mean we were all at home and i thought i need to do something different and there we go with uh, being able to virtually interview uh, people etc it's it's an amazing achievement because i wouldn't have done it before this. so mm-hmm. it's it's thought as different ways of working in smarter ways as well as that so talking about the pandemic and living in the us during the pandemic what what was it like because you guys had two pandemics since you had trump and that you had uh, the actual oh. pandemic itself did you have to say the t word oh <laughs> <laughs> the swear word yeah it's um, almost the f word with the t in front <laughs> uh the the pandemic itself lockdown happened and i remember so so much of it so distinctly because i was working at the public theater i was working on a show and that friday march 13th 2020 that friday morning we decided we were we were done we had to close um we weren't going to go into tech and i remembered the subway trip back home because i was um working in manhattan and i live in brooklyn and i remember the subway trip back home and no one was making eye contact there was a despondency in the air that this there's an electricity in the air usually on the subway and in new york city that had changed like the energy you could feel the energy shift and that feeling that i had that morning was the same feeling that i had the day after the 2016 election when i was on the train and people were just quiet and not making eye contact and looking down and just in their own worlds that feeling was so similar and it's so strange for new york city where everything is so electric all the time mm-hmm. um and then things closed down and we were just we were home I actually fell sick pretty early on. My husband and I both got covid very early on and I think it was from being on the subway and being out in New York City. Um and everything was so quiet and all you could hear daily were ambulance sirens and it was just it, it was like a movie. It was like this post apocalyptic movie. You'd step outside and there was no one on the streets. and there were just ambulance sirens and that was all you could hear for several months and it was i don't i i i can't even even now i get like a weird feeling like a weird sensation when i think about it because it's so hard to describe and it's so hard to share but i know that south africa understands this because you're also going through it 
We do. Yes, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's been a challenging time for many people that loved, lost loved ones. People have been through the virus itself, etc. So, yeah, it's been a testing time. But like you said, artists have been keeping everyone entertained during this time. Don't forget that. Always support artists. And, uh, yeah, wherever you can, go and support the arts. Uh, now, what are the little things about South Africa that you miss well, oh, in the US. Where do I start? I will give you my top 20. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, for one, it's my family. Absolutely. My whole family is still back home. So my parents, my siblings, my nieces, my extended family, if you're watching, if you're listening, I miss all of you so much. Um, there's a sense of community in South Africa that... I've started to cultivate maybe a little bit here, but I, I miss that. that it's that never the of, same. It's never the same. It's yeah. that sense of Ubuntu. Um, I mean, even a couple of weeks ago, after the crashes and the riots and the, up, the unrest in South Africa, you saw people come together. That sense of community and Ubuntu and being there for each other is something that I have not experienced anywhere else in the world. Um, and also the food. I have to mention, I miss the food. Durban, your bunny chows, there's nothing like it in the world either. <laughs> um, if you look back at where you are today, um, look at the pandemic, look at living in the US, what are three things that you've learned about yourself and, and during this time? Maybe? Three lessons that you'd like to share with us. Um, I think the first, which may be true for myself and for everyone, is that we are capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. We can do so much more than we think. We are so, we are so much stronger and so much more resilient than we realize. And it's only when you go through things like the pandemic or you go through severe hardship that you realize just how able, capable, resilient you are. You are. Yeah. Um, number two, the thing that I've learned about myself is I'm very, very silly. And okay. I will make a joke about anything I can. <laughs> okay. In the wrong moments also. And I've learned that, but I still can't stop myself. <laughs> um. And sometimes you need a good laugh. And I think that's why I do it. Um, and the third thing is you have to be kind to yourself and you have to be compassionate with yourself. I think we tend to be so kind to everyone around us. We tend to be so compassionate to the people around us. But even as an actor, I'm always like, Oh, I could have done better. Oh, I was so stupid. I should have done better in that, uh, in that audition. I, I screwed it up. And learning to talk to myself the way I would if I were talking to my five-year-old self and just to be nicer and kinder and say, you did a good job. You tried your best. Learn from this mistake. You will do better next time. Fantastic. Have a good laugh. We are stronger than you can. You think you are. 
and uh, you'll get, get through this. Um, people loving in the comments, I'm just having a quick look. Uh, I'm going to see if I can't read one or two because we might be running out of time very soon. Uh, saying, so unveiled at Vets Theatre, it was a phenomenal performance. Aisha oh, Kadri. Thank you. Uh, Shireen says, love this. Goshen is so inspiring. Uh, unveiled was excellent and uh, you're giving such fantastic advice so you have your entire fan club here I see thank you so much oh my gosh it's been such a pleasure to be on here and thank you to Zahira and thank you to Munina just for having me on and for giving me the opportunity to talk to you fantastic what would your parting words be uh, to people listening to you right now on this thinking out loud session my parting words, um, what I've already said, I think, is just take everything with a pinch of salt, laugh through it if you can, and, and kindness. Be kind to yourself and everyone around you. You don't know what everyone else is going through. Just Thanks. be kind. Fantastic. So we're going to keep you up to after this pandemic's over and after we over all this. Are we expecting a performance of Unveiled right here in South Africa? Oh, inshallah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've been talking about it. Um, Rohina Malik, who is the playwright, she, I mean, she's a phenomenal playwright and performer herself. We wanted to perform in Durban and it didn't work out. So hopefully this, I'm putting it out to Gentle Universe and to all of you, send, send out the good vibes. Maybe we can get Unveiled back to South Africa. And yeah, hopefully Durban will get to see a performance. Fantastic. Gulshan, Mia, it was so great speaking to you right here on the Thinking Out Loud session at Jersey Books and Blogs Festival 2021. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Riaz, for doing an amazing job today. And thank you, Gulshan, for taking time out on a Sunday morning in New York to join us. <laughs> Wishing you all the best. And yeah, that's the end of this session. Join us at our next session, which is the last session for today at 4.30. It's the book launch of Sunyati's book. Thank you. See you at 4.30. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in to Thinking Out Loud. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe, share, and comment. Until the next episode, bye for now.